It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the Thursday edition, the 22nd of April, 2021. Much to get to on the show. Black Lives Matter now has a new false narrative to chase. And LeBron James mouths off on uh, Twitter and essentially threatens a cop. We'll get to uh, that very shortly, a shooting in, uh, of a, uh, a black girl, 16 years old, in Columbus, Ohio. I'm going to get into all of that. And our special guest today, our special guest, is Mike Reagan. Ronald Reagan's son, adopted son, I might add, adopted just like me. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, my parents won life's lottery, and uh, so, did, uh, so did Mike Reagan's folks. So we'll talk to him very shortly on the show. Um, so... Tuesday night, the family of a Columbus, Ohio teenager claimed that police shot her without provocation or justification. In order to forestall any potential civil unrest, Columbus police promptly released body cam footage showing that the girl was attempting to stab, presumably to death, another person. Okay? Another person. Makia Bryant, 16 years old. They showed a still frame where she had a knife out, a very large butcher knife, and she was ready to plunge it into her uh, friend or acquaintance. Unfortunately, a number of prominent liberals took to social media on Wednesday, even after the body cam footage uh, was released. And this gets super stupid. Okay, just, just be ready for it. Just be ready for it. Don't maybe while I'm sharing it, don't breathe it in because you might catch the stupid. But here's the thing: the ACLU said, "We'll say it again: a system that kills children with impunity cannot be reformed." Okay, uh, again, that's a lie. That's a foul, filthy, awful lie. And uh, the ACLU is a joke. Is a joke. Some went further, seriously suggesting that attempting to stab someone is no big deal and not something police should shoot anyone for. Listen to this. This is this woman, honestly, Bree Newsom. Bree Newsom said this. She said, teenagers have been uh, having fights involving knives uh, for eons. We do not need police to address these situations by showing up at the scene and using a weapon against one of the teenagers. Y'all need help. I mean that sincerely. She then followed up with even more stupid uh, everyone should be frightened that the ruling white elite have done such a thoroughly uh, successful job of not only disconnecting us from the means of basic self-sufficiency, but also convincing us we need armed white officers to manage our children and communities. Frightening. I want you seriously, seriously, if this woman ever calls 911 because her house is being broken into, I wish the police wouldn't answer. But you know what? Here's the deal. The police would even protect and serve this idiot. Okay. They would even protect and serve this idiot. I would assume they would wear some sort of breathing device so they wouldn't catch the stupid. Oh, and she's also down with looting and destroying in the words of protest. So, and by the way, and I mentioned this yesterday, and it, it caught on. I said that, what was the point of the protest? The protest did not help get a verdict with regard to Derek Schumann. It didn't. In fact, what it may do is uh, get him released when they appeal it. So all of the, the threatening and the burning and the killing and all that stuff, and there was plenty of it, all of that looks like it, it might even get him uh, released. It might do the opposite. So all you did was wreck a bunch of stuff, make Aunt Jemima go away, do stupid crap like get rid of the Washington Redskins uh, name, just a wholesale uh, socialistic, brainwashed censorship across the board, calling Dr. Seuss racist, 
uh, making his books sell out. Uh, I could go on and on about the idiocy that came from the protest with regard to George Floyd. The peaceful protest, fine, you could walk around, you could you could protest, and you could say, oh, it's a shame he died, and it is a shame he died. But when you start burning stuff and do it, you know, it's over. It is over. You're done. Now, I want to get into some audio with regard to the shooting of the 16-year-old in Columbus, Ohio. Because there's much to cover. Makia Bryant, 16 years old. Here he is. Now, I grabbed this from Chris Plant's show this morning. Chris Plant is a nationally syndicated talk show host and friend of mine. Uh, this is the 911 call. You may hear Chris talking during it, but this is the 911 call that got the police to come to the location of the attempted stabbing. Uh, they don't know who did the call. It may have been Makia Bryant, but here is the audio. 911, where is your emergency? You hear mayhem in the, That's in the background. Chaos. Third apartment number letter. What's going on? Pandemonium. Come up here. See, we got uh, uh, girls over here trying to fight us, trying to stab us. Now, uh, I had mentioned the uh, the stupid people and uh, saying that, uh, you know, you shouldn't uh, have the police there. Well, um, Bree Newsom, these uh, at least one black person called the police for help. He called the police for help there, Bree, Bree. It even makes me not want to eat the cheese. It just, it, 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 I, you just ruined the flavor of Bree for me just by being so stupid. It just, I, uh, no, I don't ever want to have Bree again. I usually like it. it Bree and crut, you know, you put it in a little crust, a little bit of a, a mustard in it and stuff. And then, then uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to eat Bree anymore. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Just don't let anyone named Beamster say something that stupid or, or uh, somebody really like a sharp cheddar. Don't don't say anything like that. I don't want it to ruin the flavor of my cheese. Now, the officer arrived on the scene. This young woman, Makia Bryant, knocked someone to the ground, then went after another person in a pink jumpsuit with a butcher knife, essentially. And she was very angry. She was very, very upset. She was going to hurt someone. This is a police officer talking with a girl in the jumpsuit. And the girl, by the way, and you can't hear it, she admitted that the police saved her life. She came out at you with a knife yes, earlier? No, she just, that's what the, that's what the police that, did. That lady she, came on the up, floor? she came after me. With so, a knife? Yeah, so she, so he got her. Can you please get my phone and stuff? Please? Have a seat for me. Have a seat for me. Yes, we'll get it. We'll get everything. Yeah, saved her, saved her life. I don't have a name for her. But that, uh, that person's life was saved by the police officer. And if you don't believe me, if you think that knife fights are no big deal, I, you need to look at some of the facts with regard to knife killings in the country. Because it's like the second uh, most popular mode of killing other than handguns. Handguns is number one, by the way. Now, the Columbus police chief was asked in an appearance uh, in front of the media if he could have just shot her in the leg. Just Why didn't you just shoot her in the leg? Chief, one of the big questions that has been asked primarily on social media, and it may seem like a silly question that, like, shouldn't people already know, but this is a legitimate question that a lot of people are asking, is can an officer shoot the leg? Can they shoot somewhere 
that would not result in a fatal wound, right? So a lot of people have said, couldn't he have just shot her in the leg so she dropped? Could he have shot her in the arm? Something like that. Right, you know, one of the, uh, the difficult things with that is um, when you're trying, we, we don't train to shoot the leg because that's a small target. We train to shoot center mass. What is available to stop that threat? There was a threat going on, a deadly force threat that was going on, so the officer is trained to shoot center mass, the, the largest part, part of a body that is available to them. When you try, what about just a little toe? Just the, just the toe on the left foot, for instance. They start shooting legs or arms, uh, rounds miss, and then they continue on, and there are people behind that that could be in danger that are not committing anything. Uh, so we try and minimize any danger to anyone else if we have to use our firearm. And by the way, I would encourage you, if you think it's that easy to just shoot a leg in a crisis situation, go to your local shooting range and, and try it. Just try it. Just try it. You're going to find out how ungodly unprepared you are for anything. You will have no idea what you're doing unless you are very good at being a handgun operator and you have a lot of experience. You're going to find out in a very big way. It is very hard to hit even a fairly large target especially if you're, you're 10, 20 feet away, gets a whole lot harder. Gets a whole lot harder. All right? Here's a Jen Psaki. You guys ready for some hot Psaki this morning? A little hot Psaki. Here is a Jen Psaki, the White House uh, press secretary, talking about the Columbus shooting. And, of course, she's utterly, utterly uninformed. Uh, go ahead. Hi, Ben. Taylor Poplars with Spectrum News. Three Hi, quick Taylor. questions, so I'll make them quick. Um, first, has the president been briefed on 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant being shot and killed by police in Columbus, Ohio yesterday? It happened moments before the show converted came out. Yes. Um, let me thumb through my note cards here. One moment, please. I said say yes, and let me let me just say, since you gave me the opportunity, yes. uh, the killing of 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant by the Columbus police is tragic. She was a child. We're thinking of her friends and family and the communities that are hurting and grieving her loss. We know that police violence disproportionately impacts uh, black and Latino. Okay, this didn't need to be uh, this didn't need to be said. This part right here. But see, they've got this uh, little template here, and it's fill in the blank. And she mispronounced her name, by the way. It's Micaiah, not Michaela. Uh, anyway, uh, she, so they just fill in the template, and this, this is a this is standard. It's literally, it's a form she actually keeps right there. People in communities, and that black women and girls, like black men and boys, experience higher rates of police violence. We also know that no, particular no, they they don't actually. You're you're absolutely wrong. vulnerabilities that children in foster care, care like Micaiah, face. And her death came, as you noted, just as America was hopeful of a step forward after the traumatic and exhausting trial of Derek Chauvin and the verdict that was reached. So our focus is on um, working to address systemic racism and implicit. It's not racism. This wasn't racism. This was a white police officer shooting a black girl who was going to kill another black girl implicit bias head-on, and of course to passing laws and legislation that will put much-needed reforms into place at police departments around the country. Has the president been briefed on it? Yeah. No, 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 he's been briefed on it, and that's why I brought the form letter here and mispronounced her name. It's uh, not Mikayla, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Here, here, hold on, hold on, hold on. Listen to this. Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon, you're going to hear their voices, and they very, very, ooh, I mean, they gingerly, very lightly stepped on the obvious, which is the police officer acted properly. You know, we were, you, know, you were really actually, you were, to be honest, let's let the audience into something. Uh, so Don and I heard about this story. I'm not wearing any pants. 
No, that's not it. Last night on social media while we were doing coverage for you of the Chauvin verdict last night. And the initial reports didn't seem right. And it was so interesting for me, as emotional and personal as these stories are to someone of color, especially Don. Or just any human being. Any human being, uh, you know, because honestly, it's really kind of crazy. There are a lot of uh, black and white people who know each other and love each other, marry each other, adopt their kids. And yeah, it's you know, a lot of people care about it, not just, uh, you know, it's not the white people just go, oh, what is this black person who cares? I don't care. 16 year old. Uh, you with your background. Your background, you know, being black. You were cautious about it. You were saying, huh. Hmm. I want to see this one. I want to see this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. These guys are actually being thoughtful and logical. This is the wrong channel. What the heck? Chat? This is a CNM or something. It's not. This is not. Um, These are robots. I mean, this is not true. Because there was a lot of emotion and understandably so. You got a 16 year old kid that's gone. Yeah. And it's a hard one. I do not know how to explain this to people in a way that doesn't make somebody very angry. Well, you, there was a girl trying to kill another girl, and the police officer saved her life. Done! Well, I did that in 3.4 seconds. Yes, and we're dealing with a lot of emotion right now, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment. And I think that is, um, um, it's real, and you have to take that, that part has to be taken in, into account. Genius. I mean, just, just genius. Real. That, that's real. There's a lot of anguish. Uh, people are very emotional right now, but we've got to be fair about what happens when police arrive at scenes. It is tragic that it's a 16-year-old girl, just as it is tragic that it's a 13-year-old in Chicago. Uh -huh. um, when police are chasing people, they don't know how old they are. Or a 7-year-old in Chicago who was shot to death in the McDonald's drive through There were literally uh, like 150 uh, spent shell casings, and Dad was a drug dealer and gang member. He was taken to McDonald's. And they don't run and say, hey, how old are you? Oh, I'm 13. You know, my mom let me, that you don't know that. Or I'm 16. When they roll up on a scene, they see people tussling around. Someone has a knife. And their job is to protect and serve every life on that scene. And if they see someone who is in... This is not Don Lemon talking about the police in a, in a favorable way. Something's going on here. The process of taking a life, what is that decision? What decision do they have to make? And I know that people say, well, you know, you could do this, you could do that. Tasers don't work the way guns work. Not, at that, not at that distance. Not at that distance. And, and not with that amount of time. This is John Demon or something. This is another person. That, yeah, right. Tasers, then they don't always connect. So you've got to get, you know, two prongs or what have you, and it's got to connect or whatever. Wow. I mean, wow. That's, that's just crazy. Crazy talk there from CNN, actually, uh, you know, actually, uh, actually making some sense. It's, it's weird. It's just weird. Don't worry. They'll go right back to being nonsensical and uh, uninformed and political and all that stuff. You know, CNN's just that way. They can't help it. But occasionally there is a moment of clarity. I think that's the first one. Uh, that's why it stood out. So that was the first one. And I do mean this, seriously. That is the first clip from CNN that actually made sense that I've heard in probably years. Probably, probably years. Well, here's a story you didn't hear about. Yeah, the, the same day that Micaiah Bryant was shot by police trying to kill another girl, 13-year-old black girl stabbed a 13-year-old black girl to death. It was actually the night before Micaiah Bryant was killed by a police officer. A horrific murder of a 13-year-old black girl by a 13-year-old black girl. Here is the news report. The weight of the allegations crashing down on the shoulders of a 13-year-old girl. She sat silent as her attorney argued for her release. 
Your Honor, I know these are very serious, as serious as they get charges. However, these are allegations at this point. Um, we're asking if the court would consider releasing her on EMU back to her mother. She's only 13. She goes to Aiken. She has absolutely no record. She's an A student. We're not sharing her name because she's a juvenile. The suspect is accused of slashing the throat of another 13-year-old girl Monday night. Oh. Nayara Givens died. The nature of the offense itself poses an inherent danger to the community um, as seen, I mean, manifestly, we've got a... a you know, Breen Newsom says teenagers have been having fights, including fights involving knives for eons. We don't need the police to address these situations by showing up to the scene and using a weapon against one of the teenagers. Y'all need help. I mean that sincerely. That's Bree Newsom, quote, 2021. Deceased victim in this case. Beyond that, we don't believe the home is a suitable place to release her on EMU. My understanding from examining the record is that mother is not the legal custodian of this child. The huh, 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 huh. Magistrate ordered the teen held until her next court date. Givens family says their loss is heartbreaking. This pain I feel in the hour, it, wouldn't, it won't never go away. I just got to learn how to cope with it and deal with it. The suspect's mother taking a few seconds to offer support. We love you. Love you too. All right. Um, you're going to be okay. Tay said he loved you and he said stay strong. And that's what everybody's saying. You hear me? Yes, ma'am. We got you on this. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Last night in Chicago, I believe eight people were shot and three died. Yeah. So, thought you should know. LeBron James tweeted, you're next to the Ohio cop who killed Micaiah Bryant. Yeah, he, he what he did is he, he apparently he put a uh, uh, the words uh, "you're next" and then he put a little uh, like one of the egg timer, a little uh, you know there tick 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 kind of that thing. Yeah, yeah. James responded to the backlash and explained why he actually deleted the tweet. Here's here's what he said. Listen to this. This is just brilliant. The guy's worth half a billion dollars, uh, which is more than you know you and I will ever ever see in our lives. We'll never be this rich. We will never. You know, many will never, ever earn a million dollars in their entire working career. Um, I'm working on it. <laughs> he said, quote, I'm so damn tired of seeing black people killed by police. I took the tweet down because it's being used to create more hate. There you go. This isn't about one officer. It's about the entire system. No, it, it is. It's actually about one girl who tried to kill another girl. It's about the entire system, and they always use our words to create more racism. Well, no, your words actually. Uh, I hope you get sued for about $100 million of the $500 million you're worth. I'm so desperate for more accountability, he said. In a separate tweet, he said, uh, anger does any of us uh, it does any of us any good, and that includes myself. Gathering all the facts and educating does, though. <laughs> That's fantastic. Wait, 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 wait. He just says, he just threatens a cop. He just threatens a cop. And, and he says it's about the entire system, and it's, it's this, and this, and it's all this, and all that. And then he says, Gathering all the facts and educating does. <laughs> my anger is still here for what happened to that little girl. My sympathy for her family and may justice prevail. Well, yeah. Mm. Senator uh, Tom Cotton said LeBron James is inciting violence against an Ohio police officer. It's disgraceful and dangerous. The NBA okay with this? Is Twitter okay with this? He should be off of Twitter now. He should be off of Twitter now. Unbelievable. 
Joe Biden was good friends with uh, Robert Byrd. He was a former KKK Grand Dragon. He was a Senate uh, lion of the Senate or whatever anyway. And uh, and uh, Joe Biden was tight with him. And Joe Biden years ago said he was against the school in- integration because he didn't want his kids going to a racial jungle. Uh, you know, and he also was part of the 1994 crime bill, which put uh, actually punished people more for crack cocaine, unlike his son. So a lot more black people went to prison. And, uh, and he was asked about being uh, the architect of systematic racism since he's willing to blame systematic racism for the uh, Derek Chauvin trial. Verdict uh, said uh, that George Floyd and the death of George Floyd's death, quote, ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see the systemic racism in the United States. Uh, but he's an art- he is he's the president of the United States. And he said that about his country to the whole world. Unbelievable. I cannot wait till this person is out of office. Architect of multiple federal laws in the 1980s and 90s uh, that disproportionately jailed black people yeah. and contributed to what many people see as systemic racism. Uh, the activist Cornell West said that Biden was, quote, one of the core architects of mass incarceration and that, quote, I think uh, Biden is going to have to take responsibility and acknowledge the contribution he made to mass incarceration. Uh, to what extent does President Biden uh, acknowledge his own role in uh, systemic racism and how does that inform his career? Get ready for her to completely dodge the fact that Biden was an architect of those racist laws. Policy positions. Well, I would say that um, the president's, one of the president's core objectives is addressing racial injustice in this country, not just through his... And when she starts talking up, it means that she's lying and trying to cover things up. ...rhetoric, but through his actions. And what anyone should look to is his advocacy for passing the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Back up. For nominating uh, leaders to the Department of Justice to address... uh, long, outdated um, policies uh, and to uh, ask his team, leadership team here in the White House to prioritize these issues in his... Yeah, I, see, I asked about the bills that he passed. You haven't said that. You haven't, you haven't addressed that. So uh, Presidency, which is current and today and not from 30 years ago. Oh, she talked down there for a second. Whoa, she talked down. That was weird. Yeah, kind of strange. Mm. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, another headline. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey has issued a declaration of emergency and deployment of the National Guard to the state's southern border to assist local law enforcement with the overwhelming influx of illegal immigrants pouring into the U.S. from Mexico. Ducey announced the state of emergency Tuesday, saying the state will provide up to $25 million in initial funding for the mission. Uh, apparently, Ducey's move is supported by both the state's uh, senators, Kristen Sinema and Mark Kelly. And Kristen Sinema was called out for wearing a, a ring that said F.U. on it, I guess. I don't know, whatever. Not very senatorial, but whatever. I actually kind of I kind of dig her chili. Welcome to 1990s slang, ladies and gentlemen. They wrote a joint letter urging uh, Democrat President Joe Biden to reimburse their state for the deployment of the guards. So wouldn't hold my breath on that one. Oh, here's a good one. <laughs> you guys want to hear a joke? Are you ready? A little, a little. It's not a dad joke. It's just a joke. Chris Christie tells friends he's considering a 2024 presidential run. <laughs> That's it. The, the The line is the joke and the punchline. It's just one line. Chris Christie tells friends he's considering a 2024 presidential run. I it just, I mean, they got to hire this guy Saturday Night Live. Or they need the help. But this is according to Axios, uh, apparently, apparently a jab at Republican uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who has 10 times the character of uh, this fool. Uh, anyway, uh, Christie uh, touted his time as a New Jersey governor during the 2016 presidential campaign. He dropped out of the race after finishing sixth in New Hampshire. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, I'll just say save the money, dude. 
save, save your money, do something, do something else. You're only 57. You got another eight years till you retire. You can work at Walmart, whatever, but seriously, save your money there, Chris. So uh, Vanderbilt University professor Michael uh, Eric Dyson suggested Wednesday on MSNBC, their, their show's called Deadline, that white people could help the Black Lives Matter movement by holding their racist relatives to account at family gatherings like Thanksgiving. This, this is going to be very insulting to you. Okay, I'm just going to tell you right now. It's very insulting, really talking down to you and assuming that because you are a white person, you have never interacted with a black person before. <laughs> this is like, this is really good. And, and even though, <clears throat> even though uh, BLM is being exposed as fraud, they got $100 million last year. Uh, they only spent like $40 million of it. $60 million went to the, uh, you know, whatever. And then, of course, the, uh, the, one of the founders bought their, her fourth or fifth house for $1.4 billion, a million dollars, I should say, in a neighborhood that's only 1.8% uh, uh, black. So here is Michael Eric Dyson talking about how you should, you should help Black Lives Matter because, you know, they aren't helping any local chapters of Black Lives Matter, but they are able to buy really nice houses for the founders. For myself personally, um, this has been a wake-up call. Oh, this is the white guy in Minneapolis. They they uh, they interviewed him, and he and he got all woke to his white uh, on TV after the uh, the Chauvin verdict. For um, the privilege I've had, and I haven't even realized it. He's talking up too. And the difficulty um, for all black and brown people. So I'm thrilled. like Oprah Winfrey and LeBron James. Somebody please help those poor people <laughs> living in those gated neighborhoods and they've got to wait in their oh, $200,000, $300,000 car as the gate opens. <laughs> then they have to drive a half mile on their, their half mile driveway to their gorgeous mansion. One of five. The justice was served. What are you going to do with that realization? Where, where do you take that? I want to find out. I don't know. I actually Googled it today. Where's your Google? What can a white person do to help out Black Lives Matter? <laughs> you know what? You know what? Your answer was whiter than you. <laughs> what did you do? Well, I Googled, how can I help Black Lives Matter? You know, and then I got onto Pinterest with my wife, and we looked on there for some helpful hints on how we black people are. I, oh, oh, my goodness. I said black people. I'm not a black person. Oh, no, no, no. No, I am not. I'm from Minnesota, and I am white, and my last name is probably Anderson. And 50% shot your name is Anderson. There you go. Yeah, and, and, and he, he Googled. Professor, you want to try to answer that for him? She's, she's not laughing at that. I, that was the, one of the funniest things ever. What can a white person do to help Black Lives Matter? I think a lot of people want to know the answer. You know what Black Lives Matter will say? Send us a check so we can buy another house. First of all, you know, they can operate within their own sphere, within their own comfort zones. Yes. When you go home for Thanksgiving oh, yes. uh, and you know that there are some nasty viewpoints being expressed uh. and you know that there are some... Uh, vituperative expressions. Ooh, hold on a second. Vituperative. Let me look that up. Vituperative. Right, just give me a second. Hold on. Go ahead there, Mike. I'm going to look at that word. Being made uh, against black people, you got to hold your family to account. Not nastily. Now, eat your Thanksgiving first. Get your turkey. What about black people going to their Thanksgiving and Uncle 
Joe or whatever, he doesn't like white people. And your stuffing and dressing and your pumpkin pie, then speak to them in your own circle, not nastily, but directly. Also, at your own place of business. Yes. What are you doing to make sure that different voices are heard, different bodies yeah. are there, yeah. different perspectives are, are had? Sure. In your own institutions of higher education, yeah. are you making sure that people study this as a measure of... Oh, no, no, academia will cram it right down your throat. Studying what happens in America as American history. Yeah. What is the history of race? So yeah. many people speak about race. Yeah, nobody ever talks about this. If, you know, uh, an encounter with a black person at McDonald's substitutes for a serious engagement with... Okay, they're going to hear that. That's really good. Listen to this. An encounter with a black person at McDonald's substitutes for a serious engagement with W.E.B. Du Bois or Bell Hooks. Okay, so there he's assuming that no uh, white people have ever had interactions with black people. He's assuming that. He's assuming he doesn't even know that, you know, like I've got a black neighbor and we hang out together, uh, you know, or, or maybe I've, you know, maybe somebody adopted a black kid and you're a white couple or, a, you know, whatever. Uh, he's assuming <laughs> he's assuming that, that no white people have ever met a black person in their lives. So you know what you got to do? You got to do it, come up with a list of things you should do as a white person to approach a black person for the very first time. Like, for instance, you could approach the black person slowly, make no sudden movements, smile, perhaps even wave. When you talk to the black person, bring up some entertaining uh, topics of conversation that they may be able to engage you in. For instance, uh, I watched a BET last night. My, I sure do love their new reality program. Or you could say something like this. When I am in the grocery store at the magazine rack, I will occasionally thumb through and uh, an edition of Ebony Magazine. My, their articles are quite insightful. You know, that kind of thing. It's just, just, you know, and then just engage the black person like that. Okay, and then, you know, and then and then uh, politely leave the conversation. You know, sort have a very nice day, black person. Ha, 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 ha. Wow. I mean, he is so insulated in his little academic world in Vanderbilt University. But honestly, he really, really, listen to the, I just, I got to play this again. It's so bad. It's just so bad. Listen to this. Hold on. Here it is. What is the history of race? So many people speak about race as if, you know, uh, an encounter with a black person at McDonald's substitutes for a serious engagement with W.E.B. Du Bois or Bell Hooks. So you could actually be at a McDonald's and approach a black person in line and say, huh, what are you going to order today? I hear that they have two Big Macs for the price of one. You know, something like that. Just, just approach a black person, talk to them like that. Uh, so Sheriff County, uh, Sheriff of Polk County, Florida, Grady Judd spoke the other day. Ron DeSantis signed in some uh, anti-rioting laws. So if you try to riot and loot and stuff in Florida, you're going to get your A-word handed to you, and you're going to spend some time in jail. Here is Grady Judd, and you can't see this. He shows pictures of a peaceful protest and then of a riot. But I love this guy. He's a riot. I want to make sure everybody knows this is a peaceful protest. Yeah, nice people. We encourage it. <laughs> it's the foundation of our country. Yes, 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 yes. And we want people to peacefully protest. Sure, when they sure, sure, sure. Yeah. This is a riot. <laughs> and this will get you locked up before quick in the state of Florida. Yeah. Pay attention. Okay. We've got new law. Mm-hmm. And we're going to use it if you make us. Yay. We're going to protect the people. No longer will people walk up and surround you as a citizen of Florida or a, or a visitor of Florida, surround you while you're eating dinner yep. at an outdoor cafe in a big mob 
without there being immediate consequences and arrest. You hear that, Black Lives Matter? Yeah, you better knock that S off if you're going to be in Florida. Here he's a little bit more talking about uh, if you move to Florida, leave your stupid vote in New York. This is the Florida we know and love. We're a special place. And there are millions and millions of people who like to come here. And quite frankly, we like to have them here. So we only want to share one thing as you move in hundreds a day. Welcome to Florida. But don't register to vote and vote the stupid way you did up north. You'll get what they got. <laughs> yes, don't don't uh, don't bring your politics to Florida. Leave them right back there in the place that you left because you Democrats have made it so terrible. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to go to Florida eventually. Florida, Texas, one or the other. I don't know which one, but I'm going to do it for show. For show is what it is. All right. So uh, here is uh, Joe Biden yesterday. I guess he did a listen to this. You ready? He did a 14-minute, 55-second speech on Wednesday on COVID testing. You want to guess how many people watched it? <laughs> what do you think? Come on, what do you think? How many people watched it? He got 81 million votes. He really did. He got 81 million votes. 2,402 people watched it. 2,402 people I've had I've had uh, Newsmax videos on the Newsmax YouTube channel get 250,000 views. So, uh, yeah, and I didn't get 81 million votes. Yeah, yeah. Well, here he is yesterday basically saying you, you better mask up or no Fourth of July for you. Time we're never going to get back to celebrate our independence from this virus on July 4th with family and friends in small groups. We still have more to do in the months of May and June. Yeah, <laughs> we all need to mask up. Until the number of cases goes down, until everyone has a chance to get their shot. To Americans 16 years and older, it's your turn now. I know that. So go get your vaccine before the end of May. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can have a small gathering of some close friends. I hate to tell you this, I'm having a block party. I've already made uh, I've already made uh, actual uh, uh, invitations for it. We are going to have a block party. It's going to be the biggest Fourth of July celebration ever, and nobody is going to be required to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're going to do in my neighborhood. But seriously, and, and people are down with it. They are like totally down with it. They are going to do it. We're calling it the well, I can't say it, but it's a bleep COVID Fourth of July party. <laughs> I'm having teachers made up and everything. Seriously, 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 seriously. Oh, here is uh, Rand Paul yesterday talking about masks and how uh, if Fauci really uh, believed in the vaccine, he would torch his on television. By a car, you might get hit by a meteor. The, the science is about proving that things are happening. If Dr. Fauci can prove that people who are vaccinated are spreading the disease, I will listen to him. If he can prove that people like me who have already had it are spreading the disease, I'll listen to him. But there is no evidence of that. If you want more people to get vaccinated, Joe Biden should go on national TV. Silly Rand Paul. Don't you know that he wants America to broadcast fear until the election year? And then once the election year comes around, everybody's going to be able to take off their masks and the COVID will be cured and it'll all be Joe Biden's. uh, It'll be his uh, doing. Take his mask off and burn it. Light a torch to it and burn his mask and say, I've had. Make sure to take your mask off before you burn it. You got to say that to Democrats. The vaccine, I am now safe from this plague. If you'll get the vaccine, you can be safe too. But instead they say, well, the vaccine might not work in some sort of planetary world we're not aware of. (laughs) The vaccine might not work. Well, there's no evidence of it. Yeah, there's no evidence of it. So, you know, take the stupid mask off and burn the stupid mask. I could just go on and on, but I'm not going to. 
hey, let's talk about some great commentary on Newsmax. Some of the uh, awesome hosts like like Greg Kelly. I, I really, I'm working on getting Greg on the show. I like Greg. He is a he is a brother from another mother, as far as I'm concerned. Here he is talking to uh, the the police chief of Detroit. He is uh, James Craig about uh, the irresponsible tweets of one of the squad members about getting rid of police. You may have heard about it by now. Rashida Tlaib, one of the members of the squad, tweeted this, and it's gotten a lot of attention. This is her position. It wasn't an accident. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. No, it's not. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It cannot be reformed. Wow. Her comments do not sit well in her district, especially with the chief of police there, James Craig. He is the chief of police in Detroit. And, sir, I was really shocked that she said this. She's known to say some ridiculous things. What was your reaction? Ridiculous, reckless, knee-jerk. Uh, not surprising, uh, but I will tell you, but it's also self-serving. Because really, when you think about it, Detroit residents, they don't want to dismantle the Detroit police. We haven't heard of Detroit in a while as far as any uh, giant crime waiver. It's kind of weird. Department. They don't agree with defunding. And so, and they certainly don't agree with just closing down prisons so that everybody could just be, you know, a summer of love, like in uh, <laughs> what, Portland and Seattle. Yeah, summer of love. We're not standing for that here in Detroit. <laughs> if you love burning buildings. And I, I can go on and say she doesn't speak for most Detroiters. It's shameful. And it does nothing to help the situation here today. I love this guy. This guy is just absolutely, he is a rock star. He is a rock star. Here's a little bit more with uh, Greg Kelly talking to the uh, chief of police of Detroit. Let me tell you about Detroit. I'm so proud. I got some great men and women who work in the Detroit Police Department. They're not backing off. And I'm going to tell you why, Greg. One word, support. They know this chief will support them. Uh, there's a reason why we didn't see looting and burning in the city of Detroit last year. There were a few instances where our police officers were attacked. By and large, we prevailed and we continue to do so. And so when you look at some of these other cities, whether it's New York, L.A., Philadelphia, Chicago, where there was looting and burning, the thing I hear most, they don't feel supported by those who sit. There hasn't been. Look at the, look at the, look at the, there hasn't been any looting and burning in Detroit. In Detroit! Seats of elected influence. And I'm using that very carefully today because it's one thing to sit in a seat of influence, but it's another thing to sit in a seat of leadership. Leaders support the people that are doing the tough work. We know the vast majority of men and women do this tough work, do it with honor, do it constitutionally, period. I we know that. It. Love this guy. Love this guy, and I love the police, by the way. And I'm working on with a friend of mine. We're gonna we're gonna take bagels to the local police station. Gonna call them non-emergency number. Gonna say, hey guys, can we bring you some bagels? Can we can we say thank you? Can we say thank you? Can I buy you a cup of your cup of coffee, officers? We stand there in the Starbucks or the McDonald's. Can I buy your breakfast, officer? They'll probably say no. I can't accept gifts. But you can say thank you to them. It's time for a wave of support for the police as the left tries to tear down the good work that they do. It is time to support our police and to H-E with those who would want to defund them.
Okay, Spicer and Company, they had Alan Dershowitz on to talk a little bit about the Chauvin verdict and uh, and the consequences of all the rioting and the burning and the looting and the threatening. Well, first, what was done to George Floyd by Officer Chauvin was inexcusable yes. morally. But the verdict is very questionable because of the outside influences of people like Al Sharpton and people like Maxine Waters. Um, their threats and uh, intimidation and hanging the sort of Damocles over the jury and basically saying if you don't convict <laughs> yes. on the murder charge and all the charges, the cities will burn, the, uh, the country will be destroyed seeped into the jury room because the judge made a terrible mistake by not sequestering the jury. So the judge himself said this case may be reversed on appeal. And I think it might be reversed on appeal. I think it should be reversed on appeal. Uh, I think the American Civil Liberties Union, which would be all over this case if it weren't a racially charged case, uh, all Americans who care about due process and liberty uh, should be concerned that the jury verdict may have been influenced by, if not the thumb, maybe even the elbow of the outside pressures, the fears, the threats. Every juror in that room knew about these threats. Yes. And when they sit and deliberate, they have to be saying to themselves, consciously or unconsciously, if I were to render a verdict other than a murder verdict, what the consequences will be for me, my family, my friends, my business, that should never, ever be allowed to seep into a jury room. But it did. It did. They were doxing. CBS was starting to dox the jurors the other day. And those people were sitting there. It's kind of like having to go into hiding if, you know, if the FBI, they, they put you in the protective custody. They move you. Witness protection. That's what it was. And they were sitting there every single day saying, if I vote guilty. And I'm not saying, this is not about a question of guilt. I think the guy was guilty. All right? I think Derek Chauvin needs to go to jail. But everybody in that room knew that if there was any reasonable doubt and, and a charge was not... Um, uh, 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 was made, and then, of course, a, con a conviction. They were going to have to live with it the rest of their lives or die with it, I might add. They saw houses before they became jurors. They saw the city burn, and then they had the thing in the city. Then they had the trial in the city. Unbelievable. Here's a little bit more uh, with the uh, appeal process. Alan Dershowitz on Spice Recovery. An appeal will be filed immediately because he's in jail now pending appeal. Um, there are two levels of appeal in Minnesota. And then ultimately, the case will go to the United States Supreme Court. And I think the United States Supreme Court holds the best possibility for the defense of getting this conviction reversed on the ground that the judge himself suggested the statements made by people outside the courtroom. Look what you did, you idiots. Essentially intimidating jurors and telling them that if they don't come to the, quote, right verdict, there will be violence and consequences in their own lives may be affected. Jurors should never, ever have that fear or influence in their verdicts. But they did. And this can become the standard, or we can reject it, like Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida has done. A little bit more with uh, Alan Dershowitz saying he has lost confidence. So I have no real confidence that this verdict, which may be correct in some ways, but I have no confidence that this verdict was produced by due process and the rule of law rather than the influence of the crowd.
There you go. Let's move on to Greg Kelly. Love Greg Kelly, and uh, this is his commentary. And again, this is after I said it. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying he listened to me, but we have uh, we have uh, we are like-minded individuals talking about how the protests did nothing. And there's some there's some uh, media montage at the beginning here, a celebratory media montage. The country has a lot of healing left to do. On CBS this morning, today's one stop on a journey that began last May and led to protests calling for that accountability. In every town and every city in America. And that is what you call jubilation. I don't call it jubilation, I call it exploitation and monetization. This is the ultimate opportunity for more power, more money, and more fame. This episode, like so many others, being exploited by the media, by the far left. Let's go to that clip that we just saw. First of all, Stephen Colbert, get over yourself. He said that the protests last summer brought on the guilty verdict. That's not true. Chauvin was arrested just a few days later. All the rioting and the looting that we saw in the months that followed, I don't know. Maybe that was just for fun because the wheels of justice were actually moving very early in this case. But they don't like that. They want to say that this was good. This led to something positive. No. It didn't. No. It did not. It absolutely did not. I did one uh, yesterday. Um, I, I made a comment yesterday. And if I'm going to see if I can find it, I'm not sure where it is here. Uh, but uh, it, um, I'm not sure if I still have it. I made a comment about this yesterday, and uh, and I just questioned basically uh, why why did this all have to happen? Why did this all have to happen? I, I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's uh, trust me, it was really good. <laughs> and if I find it, I will uh, I will play it for you. Let's talk about uh, Greg Kelly, and, and then the kids. You know, they're chanting, "They I love being black," and I think that's great. Whatever, if you you love being black, it's cool. I mean. Uh, you know, this isn't 1968, and it's not 1863. It never has been. And uh, honestly, I just, uh, this is, this is. Uh, I mean, it's good to have confidence in everything, but if it's just you're confident because of the color of your skin, uh, you know, I mean, it's a good start, I guess. But how about being, uh, love getting straight A's, you know, uh, love being a great athlete, love being a great student, love, uh, you know what, that might be kind of good. That, that might be good. Here's, here's Greg's comment. I love I don't know. I mean, uh, can you imagine somebody walking down the street saying, I love being white and yeah, I love yeah, the color? Yeah. No, that would be, um, what's the word? What's the phrase? White supremacy. Yeah, pretty much it would be uh, considered white supremacy. You'd be uh, probably beaten to a pulp depending on what city you're in. Uh, you know, but depending on the city you're in. Here is uh, Grant Stinchfield. He had a very nice commentary on the new normal and how he does not want it to become normal. New normal. It's bullcorn. It's ridiculous. And it's turning the public into two things, either a monster or a pansy. The Democrat narrative... <gasps> Did he say pansy? ...feeding frenzy on our streets, okay? Just look at this giant brawl in a Waffle House in... Pansy is some sort of phobic. I'm not sure what it is. Georgia, this is the new normal. <laughs> you have men beating up on women, and we're told that's the new normal? Folks, watch this. This is what I'm saying. We don't have men in this country anymore. Where are the people to stop this from happening? 
the entire, what is it, a Burger King? Going crazy. Nonsensical. Uh-huh. How about COVID pansies, all right? Uh-oh, he said it I again. I want to go to the next video here. Take a look at this mom. Please. Now, this is the mother. Have you seen the video? Mom is in the grocery store, and she literally has a can of Lysol, and she's spraying a circle out in front of the cart. Her daughter is in the cart uh, going right into the cloud of Lysol. Tell us we have it. We have to. Here we go. This is a doozy. She's Lysoling around her baby. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. You've got to be kidding me. Remember Fauci worshipers are supposed to be the party of science? This is not science here. Anyone want to tell her that Lysol is toxic if you spray it into your child's face? And spraying it on the face is dangerous. Yeah, honestly. Wow. 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 He also talked to Kim Klasick. She ran for, uh, I guess she ran for Congress in Baltimore. And uh, that election was... uh I'll just say it's questionable. She is outstanding. She was talking about school boards around the country, particularly in L.A. There was this uh, school board meeting where a parent was pleading with the council members to get her kid back into school. And they were eating and they were on phone calls and they were acting very uninterested. Here's what she had to say about school boards that won't put kids back into school but care more about sitting on their you-know-what. No, absolutely. Unfortunately, these people do not care about how us parents feel out here. Uh, these kids have not been in school for over a year. I've been so fortunate to have a daughter in Catholic school. So she's been in school since Labor Day. And they haven't had this outbreak uh, that they say that they're going to have in these public schools. This is just an extended vacation for them. And yep. unfortunately, yep. parents and students are taking the brunt of it. And I say, you know what? Hit them where it hurts. This is all about money for them. 100%. Uh, parents need to really stand up to these school boards, uh, to the teachers' union, and really take back what it is that they're already paying for with their property taxes. Kids need in-person learning. You know, we know this. That's why they had in-person learning for all this time. And they need to get back to school. And if you are not in school as a teacher and you are supposed to be in class uh, learning with your kids, uh, you should be fired. You should be removed unless you have some sort of pre-existing condition that would threaten your livelihood, uh, your life. Uh, you get your rhymes with classes to your classes. That's what I'm saying. Uh, honestly, at this point, and I, and I hate to be hard on teachers, but what you are doing at this point is no more noble than running a cash register at Home Depot. It is not, because they are taking the same supposed risk that you would be doing if you went into class. So get your A-words to your classes, uh, or, you know, find something else to do. Here is uh, Rob Schmidt talking with Ron Johnson, uh, Senator, about uh, Biden's charity connections. He, he's got some friends who, uh, you know, were on his transition team, and they're getting major government contracts for housing illegals. And this time, it was originally $86 million. Well, one of his buddies just got a $600 million contract. This non-profit won the contract, and it was no bid, just months after it hired Andrew Lorenzen Strait, who's a former ICE official who previously advised the Biden-Harris transition team. Huh. This comes on top of an $87 million contract DHS awarded Family Endeavors just last month to acquire and oversee more than 1,000 hotel beds. Tell me exactly what you think is happening here. I think it's kind of obvious uh, yeah. exactly what the Biden administration is doing here is they, they want to make sure that there aren't any more pictures coming out of that Donna facility. And so they are getting different detention facilities to house these migrants so that we can't take pictures of it. You know, they've been keeping the press out of Donna. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they tried to prevent us from taking any pictures or releasing them. Uh, they, they were good enough to let us keep our phones, but then when we started <laughs> taking pictures, the, our Biden administration minders, very similar to when you're in communist China. Yes. You have the, the Chinese minders tell you, you know, you can't take a picture. 
Uh, we were told the same thing by the Biden administration. Uh, fortunately, a number of us senators said, no, we're, we're a separate branch of government. We oh, need yeah. oversight. The American mm -hmm. people need to see this. But you know, as long as you have pictures, as long as you have video, you have a story. The press was by and large ignoring this. And once they start dispersing these migrants to different facilities, to hotel rooms, there won't be any pictures available. And so the result will be there will be no story, even though, Rob, over the last 28 days, there on average 5,900 migrants have been apprehended at the southwest border each and every day. You getting tired of that? Because I am really getting really tired of it. By the way, that first contract, that $80 million contract, what it was, was for 1,200 beds. That comes out to be like $76,000 per bed. Yeah, uh, somebody's feathering theirs. I just got to say that. Somebody is certainly feathering theirs. Okay, I believe right now it's time to uh, it's time to invite our special guest on, Mike Reagan. Let's get him on the horn, shall we? Good morning. Hello, Mike Reagan. How are you? I'm good. I'm up. Glad to finally uh, uh, meet you, my friend. Well, there, don't I look good? You look fantastic. <laughs> hey, I wanted to mention that I am a fellow adoptee, by the way. There you go. That you know, we're the best. Oh my goodness! Yes, my fa my family won life's lottery as well. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I saw somebody yesterday. I said, you know, I met the other kids in the family. <laughs> I mean, they should they should have adopted from the beginning. I mean, just, <laughs> well, let's get down to I business mean, here. I'm I'm curious about your thoughts on a lot of different things, including 2024. I have my doubts about the 2020 election. I I understand there are some hearings and some uh, some stuff going to come out tomorrow in uh, Arizona on Thursday. But regardless of that, we have to look forward to uh, to what's happening. Uh, what what do you think the the strategy for 2022 needs to be for the uh, the Republican Party? Well, I think the Republican Party really needs to find out who they are. <laughs> I mean, who are they? Who are they? Where are they going? How are they going to lead? Uh, and and get us to a future that that we all really really want uh, at, at this point. And you've got this battle going on within the party, uh, where you have the Trump supporters and you have the people who aren't the Trump supporters. But it's a vicious battle within the party. It's not like it was like during my father's time in, in the Republican Party, where you had. You, know, you had people who disagreed with Ronald Reagan and, and what have you, but they still voted for him. They still supported him and what have you. And, and my father may have disagreed with you on things, but again, never speak ill of another Republican. Well, that went out the window with Trump. Yeah. Uh, and, and now we're all speaking ill of the other Republicans. And until we can come together and work together, it's going to be very tough to to go out there and start winning things back. I mean, we could sit back and wait for the Democrats to implode, which they very well could do with the things they're doing. But what are you going to do to lead? And, and I think that's what a lot of people want to see. Well, what I my my personal feeling is, and I was never a Trump supporter. He was the last person that I supported, but I voted for him. And then as I saw him uh, take office and do what he said he was going to do, I became more of a supporter, less necessarily of Trump, but more of constitutional principles uh, and what he was doing right. And what he was doing is he was doing what, like your father, your dad was the last person I remember to go into office and do what he said he was going to do and do it quite successfully. Yes, things were different back in 19. 1980 versus now, but that was the major difference, and that's why I, I consider Donald Trump to be a, a great president. So I would say, as far as the GOP, as far as the future of the party, they need to and they need to execute the principles laid out by Donald Trump with regard to 
uh, conservatism and with regard to uh, constitutionalism. That's what I think. Well, Donald, I mean, Donald Trump showed that Ronald Reagan actually showed them the road. Donald Trump, you know, got on that road and, and what have you. But Donald Trump got off the road when he started to uh, when he started to attack other Republicans who may not support him on on certain issues. And and he would be president today had he learned to be quiet. Had he learned to shut up. He would be president today. We would have won two Senate seats, you know, more. And we would control the Senate if he would have learned to shut up. I told somebody, I said, you know, the thing about Donald Trump, if he would have won by a landslide, he still would have sued because he would have thought it should have been a larger landslide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's just Donald Trump. And so Donald Trump, for all the good he does, is also his own worst enemy. When it, when it comes to that, it's like he, he loads the weapons of the Democrats to be able to shoot at him every day. And mm-hmm. he didn't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and he did that time after time after time after time where he stepped on his own good news, if you will. Mm-hmm. And you don't go out and step on your own good news. You let the good news kind of flavor in there so that people can absorb it and say, hey, that's really a great great job you did. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't let it alone, and he needed to let it alone. What do we do for the next year and a half, Mike Reagan? What do we do to uh, to slow down this, this executive order uh, uh, ruling against the will of the American people president? What do we do for the next two years? or at least until the election year, to slow down what I consider to be the destruction of the country? Well, I think it's the destruction of the country also. Mm-hmm. And I think what you do, I don't, know, I don't know how you slow it down at this point, mm-hmm. except really concentrate on 2022 to take over the House, try and retake the Senate of the United States. And you, you talk about good news. I mean, you turn on the news, it's nothing but bad news every yeah. single day. Yes, sir. The one thing about Trump, you know, it was the fact that every day there was good news. He was he was he he had vision and he and he made you feel good by the end of the day because he had a positive message. Now, as far as who, if if you don't believe that Donald Trump is a person in twenty twenty four, who are you looking at in twenty twenty four? Is it is it Ron DeSantis? Because apparently, what he's doing is resonating quite well with the American people. Well, I think Ron DeSantis is doing a great job. He's Donald Trump with softer edges. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there, there's nobody with sharper edges than Donald Trump, to be quite honest. If you, oh, is that true? Yeah, everybody has sharper edges. But again, he is, he's Donald Trump with sharper edges, and he's getting things accomplished yeah. in Florida. Mm-hmm. Where are people going? They're leaving New York. They're mm-hmm. leaving California. They're leaving places. They're going to Florida for a reason. Well, why the hell are you still you know, in California? There. Why are you still in California? Why, why do you subject you know, yourself a, to this? My God, man. <laughs> Come on. You know. I'm a born, a born and raised California kid, yes. and what have you, and I, I love I love the state. <laughs> I hate the politics of it. And I hate the people who are running this state. It's crazy. It's you know, one of my favorite restaurants has you know, has a fence around it now uh, uh, because they dare to stay open. Yes, Tin Horn Flats. Yeah, Tin Horn Flats. Five minutes from me. Oh dear lord! Oh, yeah, this is it's crazy what they're doing in the politics out here. But you know, again. Where do you go? Somebody's a friend of mine moved to Arizona, and then Arizona voted to raise taxes. I said, well, how'd that work out for you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the problem is Californians leave California and go to other states and then turn those states purple. Yeah, that's the problem. They're like the aliens from Independent Day. They go from planet to planet, drain them all the resources, and move on. That's what Democrats do. 
the call. Well, thanks, thanks for talking to me today. I appreciate the time, and it's really, really nice to uh, to meet you. I've I've followed you for years, and I've been reading your stuff on Newsmax. By the way, I don't write as many columns for Newsmax because I'm so blasted busy doing the uh, the podcast and the TV show. But uh, I do appreciate your writings, and and thanks for your time today, sir. Be well. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. So there you go. That is uh, that is Mike Reagan, and um, I fundamentally disagree with him on the future of the Republican Party. Uh, Donald Trump is the future of the Republican Party. If not Donald Trump, then someone who is Trumpian, and that could be DeSantis. It's going to be DeSantis. Uh, that's just it. Unless somebody, uh, if Trump decides not to run, uh, DeSantis uh, possibly Nome from uh, South Dakota. Uh, but it's going to be someone who kisses the ring of Donald Trump and continues the Trump policies, which were incredibly, incredibly successful, which resulted in. Uh, wealth, uh, which resulted in the lowest unemployment rate for blacks and Hispanics in history, the most women in the workforce, uh, a booming economy, energy independence, a strong country in the eyes of the world. All of these things, that is Donald Trump. That is why he is the candidate. And if he is not, it's going to have to be somebody who just is just like him. Because that's what America wants. Thank you. Thank you very much couple more real quick things, real quick things. I know we're going a little long today, but um, Steve Scalise is saying, what the heck happened? Steve Scalise, somebody tried to murder him a few years ago on a, on a softball field. And uh, this person with a Trump supporter, his name was, or not a Trump supporter, he was a Bernie Sanders supporter. James Hodgkinson, Bernie Sanders supporter, Russian collusion truther, radicalized by the Democrat media complex because of their lies about Trump and the GOP. He goes to a baseball field and attempts to kill everybody. But he ended up very seriously wounding Steve Scalise. And the FBI, in all of its corruption, in all of its corruption yesterday, said it was suicide by cop. That is insidious. That is evil. That the FBI would say that this man who went to the field to kill Republicans would say it was suicide by cop is an affront to Steve Scalise and the other people who were shot. Representative Brad Wonstrup of Ohio said, uh, much to our shock today, the FBI concluded that this was a case of the attacker seeking suicide by cop. Director, you want suicide by cop? You just pull a gun on a cop. It doesn't take 136 rounds. It takes one bullet. Absolutely inexcusable. I met Steve right before he was shot. And I, the, that the FBI, I mean, honestly... The FBI is so beyond disgustingly corrupt and awful right now. They're sitting on Hunter Biden's laptop. We have to get the information from the UK Daily Mail. Honestly, what an affront. What an affront to the legacy and the history of the Federal Bureau of Investigations. I did have that one little clip I want to share from yesterday where I, uh, I kind of encapsulated what exactly happened. Why did we have the riots? I think it's fairly powerful, powerful enough to wrap the show with it today. I just want to ask you a couple of questions. There were three guilty verdicts of the the officer in question. There were no riots last night. But there were for a year. There were riots for a year. Why did that have to happen? You got the verdict today. Why did that all have to happen? Why did hundreds of statues have to be pulled over? Why did Aunt Jemima have to go away? Why was Dr. Seuss declared racist? Why did the Washington Redskins now have the name the Washington football team? 
why did the Land O'Lakes Native American woman on the package go away? Why did all of that have to happen? Why did that all to happen? I mean, you got what you wanted. The mob got what it wanted. And I'm not disagreeing that, that Derek Chauvin should have been convicted. But you got what you wanted. Why did all of that have to happen? Why did my son have to be called racist? Why did his generation have to be called racist? Why did the 1619 Project have to be taught in school so that black children are told they can't achieve anything because of institutional racism and white children, because they're white, are privileged no matter what they've been through? Why did that all have to happen? Be careful what you wish for. Mm -hmm. There you go. All right. So, wow, I'm quoting myself. (laughs) Guys, thank you for joining me today. The show is on in 32 countries. It is heard by millions. It's growing by leaps and bounds. It is overwhelming for me and absolutely a delight to be a part of Newsmax. Um, So, if you get a chance to, download the Newsmax app on your uh, cellular telephonic device. And then, of course, goes to NewsmaxTV.com for all the listings of your favorite show. Greg Kelly, Grant Stinfield, Chris Salcedo, me. Rob Carson's What in the World, go there um, and and get the listings there. Uh, and then also uh, NewsmaxTV.com, uh, NewsmaxTV.com uh, slash podcasts if you want to find out all of the digital platforms where this here show is on. God bless you. Have a glorious day. I will see you tomorrow. You will hear me in the meantime. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.